Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Kitty Talks. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, and every week I interview top thought leaders that are changing the world with their work. The purpose of this podcast is to show you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. If you haven't already, come over and follow me on Instagram, which is kitty underscore talks, and come and join our Facebook community, Kitty Talks, on Facebook. We'd love to have you. We'd love to support you. If you are interested in uncovering your purpose and creating amazing life in alignment with your soul, then you're in the right place. So have a listen to this week's episode and please do let me know what you think. this episode you are going to hear from Dr. Sanjeev Chopra. He is a professor of medicine at Harvard and the author of 10 books. The reason I wanted to interview him is he's written a book called The Two Most Important Days, How to Find Your Purpose and Live a Happier, Healthier Life. In this interview you will hear how her childhood accident helped him uncover his dharma. Remember, I talk about how our mess can be our message. Listen out for that story. He's a wonderful, wonderful storyteller. And he talks to us about how happiness really is an inside job. And all of the things that we can accumulate in life are not going to make us happy. So I do hope that you really enjoy this episode of Kitty Talks. As ever, I love hearing from you. So please do tag and share with me that you're listening to this episode. So hello and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that inspires you and empowers you to step into your purpose. And today I have to say I'm very excited about our forthcoming guest. I know I've already just spoken to him. He's such a heart-centered, beautiful man who's going to deliver much wisdom. I'm about to introduce you to Sanjeev Chopra. He is the author of 10 books, including this incredible book, which I love because I've been read it cover to cover and dipped in and out of it and it's some great practical advice on how you can find your purpose and he's also a professor at the harvard medical school so sanjeev welcome to kitty talks kitty i'm delighted and honored to be on your show (laughs) well sanjeev i would love for you just to tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world so um hello audience (laughs) I'm a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. My specialty is hepatology. I was privileged to be the faculty dean for continuing medical education at Harvard Medical School for 12 years. Now I work both at the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center and the Brigham and Women's Hospital. Mm -hmm. These are two major teaching affiliates of Harvard Medical School. And I do a lot of stuff on my own as well, writing and speaking, spending time with my family, traveling around the world, and spending time with my two beautiful granddaughters who are 14 and 12. They live in New York, and they are the joy of my life. You know, there are five things people say. They say, I should have traveled more. I should have spent more time with my Mm -hmm. friends. I should have been the bigger person and said, I'm sorry. 
I should have had the courage to pursue my dreams and aspirations. And I should have said, I love you more often. Who says these five things? These are people in hospice. Mm, on their deathbeds. Mm. When asked, what are your greatest regrets in life? And nobody says, I should have made three times as much money or di- driven a new Ferrari every six months, belonged to four country clubs, lived in a huge mansion. So the point of it is, all of us should be doing this now. None of us should have any of these regrets mm. of the day we are facing our maker. Mm. Very, very, very wise words. Really wise words. And I'd love to know, because obviously you've written well, six books on this type of topic, you know, health, health, right. happiness, wellness. And leadership. And leadership. Yeah. yeah. So what impact, what inspired this book? I would love to know what inspired this, because this is, this is right up my street, this one. Thank you so much. So I was invited to give a name lecture at Harvard. It's called the annual Nathan Seidel Lecture in Medicine or Humanities. And the professor of medicine who invited me, who runs that particular academic exercise, said, Sanjeev, you're a pretty good storyteller. You could choose any topic. So I said, Richard, let me get back to you in a couple of days. I reflected on it. And then I said, I'll give a talk called Dharma, Happiness, and Living with Purpose. And it took me about six to eight months to prepare the talk. And I worked on it, chipped away on it. And then I have a friend and colleague, Gina Wild. So I was the faculty dean for continuing education at Harvard Med School. And she's our Associate Dean of External Communications and Chief Communication Officer. And she said, Sanjeev, I have a lot of friends on Facebook. And can I write to them and say, my friend is giving a talk and he's often posed the question, happiness is, please complete the sentence. So I said, Gina, you can't do that you have to say a very dear friend of mine is giving this talk. So she started to put it out there. And every few weeks, she'd send me a a list of comments by friends on Facebook. And one day around 7, 8 p.m., I see another list. And I said, Gina, I have an idea. Let's talk tomorrow. I said, I've done a lot of research. I've prepared this talk. I think there's a book out here. And why don't you write the book me and there's a pause and she said you know we've been family friends and I never told you when I was 17 I made my goals in life and my goals were I would have a great job not be a secretary and I would have a wonderful office with a window looking at a courtyard I'd have a bookshelf she's into poetry yes and I'd have a lot of books on poetry but in the middle would be a book that I had written I said, see, it was meant to be. Fantastic. So we worked on it together. My wife had amazing meals that kept serving endless cups of coffee. And then the book came out. And was it kind of divine inspiration that led you to Dharma and happiness? Like, where did you get the original idea? Well, Dharma, you know, is a Sanskrit word which incorporates moral compass, duty, ethos, vocation, truth. And each one of us has a dharma. Mm. We have a dharma to our family, to our friends, to the workplace, to our society, to our neighbors. And I came across an amazing story of an uneducated villager in the foothills of the Himalayas 
guy by the name of Lakshman Singh. He had a wife and kids. He was a poor farmer. And he was one of the few people, few thousand people in India who refused to be inoculated against smallpox. Hmm. So the World Health Organization, the Indian government are very concerned. This guy could ruin our entire program and people like him. So they decide we will go to his house and if he refuses, we will forcibly inoculate him. So they go early in the morning, they take the police with them. Hmm. And they say, we want to inoculate you and your family. And he says, no, you cannot inoculate me or my family. God ordains who will be diseased and who will be healthy. So they pin him to the ground, they rip his shirt, they jab him with needles, the wife is screaming, the kids are screaming. 20 minutes later, they're all inoculated. There's a scene, the whole village is awake Mm. and they're standing on the outskirts of his hut. And he turns to the team and he says, please sit down. He tells his wife, make tea for them. And he goes himself to the back of his garden, plucks the juiciest, ripest cucumbers, radishes, washes it and gives it to the team. And the leader of the team, a physician said, oh my God, what are you doing? We invaded your hut and forcibly inoculated you. And now you're treating us like royalty. And this uneducated villager, farmer said, you know, I believe God ordains who will be diseased, who will be healthy. I upheld my dharma. Mm -hmm. You obviously believed it was your dharma to forcibly inoculate me and my family. It is now over and your guests in my home. And this is the least that I can offer to you. So dharma can change Mm -hmm. in a very short period of time. I found my dharma at age 12, starting at St. Columbus High School, playing cricket match, and on a warm, sultry weekend around 6 in the evening on Sunday, I'm not feeling that good. I take a nap. I wake up 40 minutes later, and I can't see. I'm terrified. I'm blind. I nudge my brother, Deepak, Deepak, I can't see. And he must have done visual threat and figured I wasn't faking it. And he started to cry. I have one brother, he's turned blind. My uncle, with whom we were living, took me to military hospital and the doctors examined me, didn't have the foggiest idea. Hmm. Our father, who was a cardiologist, absolutely brilliant physician, 300 miles away, they connect with him. This is 1961, long distance phone call. And very calmly, he says, tell me everything that's happened to Sanjeev in the last two months. So no, he's been fine other than an injury to his right leg with a sharp object. He had a laceration. He was taken to the casualty ward and got stitches. And he probed further. Did he get an antibiotic? They looked and they said, yes. Did he get a tetanus shot? They looked. And very proudly, they said, yes, we gave him a tetanus shot. And my dad asked one more question. He said, what kind? Anti-tetanus serum, ATS, or anti-tetanus toxoid, ATT? So they looked and they said, anti-tetanus serum. And I have no idea how my father divined it, but he mm. said, Sanjeev is having a rare idiosyncratic reaction to the anti-tetanus serum. It perhaps occurs one in a million. Wow. He has a localized form of serum sickness affecting just his optic nerves. Mm. The optic nerves are blown. They're ready to burst, start an intravenous, give him massive doses of corticosteroids. Mm. And that was done, and about 10 hours later, my vision returned. Wow. Professors of ophthalmology at Harvard at Stanford Said Sanjeev, if that hadn't happened, you could have been visually impaired or blind mm. for the rest of your life. Mm. And how did your father know it? Probably mm. wasn't in the footnotes of 
the textbook of ophthalmology. Mm. And the next morning, I said to myself, you know what? My dharma is to be a healer and to be a doctor like my father. Mm. Wow, what a beautiful story. I remember reading that story, actually, in your book. And, you know, you're talking to a woman who studied dharma and who can so relate to that story because I can so imagine how that must have been such an incredible experience for you to witness or to go through that traumatic experience, but then your father to save you. And then, of course, it awakened you to the fact that you wanted to do that for other people. You know, I myself have come from chronic depression, nervous breakdown, you know, and why I do what I do is to stop other people having to go through what they're potentially going through. You know, one in four people suffer with depression. So I really honour you. I honour you for that. And and I have a question because for our listeners... <laughs> you know, they're in this conversation. They right. they are finding their purpose. They are doing their dharma. What advice would you have cause for somebody listening around how they can tune in? Yeah, so, you know, when, when you mentioned your own personal struggles, first of all, I want to express my admiration and respect for what you're doing. Thank you. And that you could get out of it. And now you're touching so many people's lives. You know, there's a book called The Gift of Adversity. Adversity is a terrible thing to waste. Mm. The book Gift of Adversity is written by Norman Rosenthal, mm. a professor He's been of on psychiatry, the now at the New York Hospital. A wonderful book. Rumi reminded us, <laughs> Rumi reminded us, the wound is where the light mm. enters you. What a beautiful quote. The wound is where the light ends. When we're facing it, it's tough. But if we have friends and family who's... And you you get out of it, then you look back and you say, you know what, that probably was the best thing that happened to me. So in terms of purpose and finding it, one of my favorite quotes is Mark Twain, which is the title of the book, The Two Most Important Days, How to Find Your Purpose and Live a Happy and Healthy Life. And as you know, when you open the book, the first page, the quote by Mark Twain, the two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you Mm. find out why. Montaigne, the French philosopher, said, the great and glorious masterpiece of man is to live with purpose. So we can find our purpose either by witnessing something horrific and tragic, but we have the grit, we have the love, the compassion, the fortitude to say, you know what, this is unacceptable and I'm going to try and make a dent here. And then 40 years later, the person is still doing that. We tell those stories in our book. Papa Jaime, an amazing national hero in the country, Colombia, who is now adopted, mm. fed, house schooled 52,000 mm. orphans. So that's one way. The other way is, and we did this, I did this with a friend of mine, Adrian Wilkins, who's very spiritual. We did a workshop called Invitation to Happiness, and we gave everyone 33 by 5 index cards. We said every day, at the end of the day, reflect on what you experienced, what you did. Write down three or four things, and give it a grade, where one, you were miserable, and 10, if you were lucky, you were in bliss. 
And then at the end of a month, strike down everything from mm. one to five. Look at six, seven, eight, nine. That made you happy. That mm. gave you joy. Perhaps you even felt bliss. Your purpose is lurking mm. in there. Absolutely. That's one way to Beautiful. find your purpose. One of the things we, we talk about on the podcast, Sanjeev, is uh, getting people to understand that actually your purpose will unveil itself to you, that it's not like you're going to suddenly have this epiphany, but actually, you know, your job is to go go towards the things that excite you and bring you joy. And then it's almost like the next piece of the puzzle is unveiled when you start to do the things that bring you joy. Yeah. So another question I have, because I'm really exploring this at the moment, and I've studied the, the Vedas, and my, my teacher studied the Vedas for 10 years, and obviously Dharma in that respect is the right path of, right path of action. Wow. And he talks about how we're supported in, in life and by life when we do our Dharma. And I have certainly felt this myself, and with my students, with my students i kind of say to them look you will be supported but it won't necessarily show up in the in the sort of one way you want it to (laughs) so i just love you to speak to that concept that we're we are supported when we do our dharma yeah i i think the first step in in doing our dharma is to have a lot of self-awareness and clarity and i think that comes from the regular practice of meditation which, as you know, is not a religion. It has multiple, multiple health benefits, not only objective, where we feel good, we sleep better, we think we have better interpersonal relationships, we're more creative, but also objectively, blood pressure, pulse rate, breathing rate, lactate production, EEG coherence. And now with CAT scans and functional MRI, We can even see areas of the brain that correspond to compassion and wisdom light up Mm. or be thicker on CAT scan. So a lot of this research is going on. Also, telomerase is an enzyme and there's something called telomeres. So at the end of my shoelace, I have a piece of plastic. At the end of our chromosomes, by analogy, we have something called telomeres. And shortened telomeres are linked to accelerated cellular aging. Who has shortened telomeres? We think they may live five to 10 years less than people with normal-sized telomeres. So the telomeres prevent the fraying of the chromosomes and the chromosomes sticking to each other. These are mothers of chronically severely disabled children. The stress each day caregivers of people with Alzheimer's dementia, who has longer telomeres, and by inference, we think they're going to live five, eight, ten years longer, are people who exercise, people who drink coffee, very interesting, and people who meditate. And even within four to six weeks, you can see the lengthening of the telomeres in people who meditate. The discovery of telomeres and the enzyme telomerase was by Elizabeth Blackburn, brilliant Australian scientist who now, I believe she heads the Scripps Institute in California. It's a landmark Mm. discovery. She got the Nobel Prize in medicine or physiology in the year 2009. I think for us to have, be grounded and have clarity, and then 
live our dharma and then by virtue of that have lasting happiness and joy living our purpose the basic foundation is meditation so my conclusion is the happiest people mm-hmm. on this planet have four things in common they have a cadre of good friends your friends are your chosen family robert louis stevenson said a friend is a gift you give to yourself the second is ability to forgive if you hold bitterness or rancor in your heart you can't be happy any of the listeners if you're holding a grudge mm-hmm. i plead to you please get rid of it the moment you make that decision you will feel this enormous weight mm-hmm. off your shoulders you'll be liberated look at nelson mandela 27 years in prison and when he's released he's asked the question mr mandela do you have a resentment against your captors he said i have no bitterness i have no resentment resentment is like drinking poison mm, and then hoping absolutely. it will kill your enemies it'll only kill you so friends forgiveness the third one is being of service for others right albert schweitzer nobel laureate theologian once said i don't know what your destiny will be but one thing i'm certain of the ones amongst you who will be truly happy are those who have sought and found how to serve so i've distilled it into three s friends forgiveness for others but there's a fourth one and it begins with g and it's mm-hmm. not god it's gratitude express gratitude on a regular basis you'll be happy read a small paperback by robert emmons father of modern positive psychology the title of the book is thanks so four things friends forgiveness for others and gratitude but happiness is more than the sum total of happy moments and in order for you and me to have sustained happiness we have to find mm, our purpose beautiful. and live beautiful and then in your experience when we are living into our purpose we're supported can you just speak to that as well life supports us yes great question yeah we are supported by nature and you'll you'll meet friends people will connect you and say you know you talk about happiness and purpose and leadership there's this amazing lady who's written a book you guys should meet they'd send an email mm. this has happened to me just this past week and in fact now i'm going to give a talk to the radiology and this uh, amazing lady very inspirational alison mm. rim is going to come attend my talk she said when are you giving the talk next that we met yesterday with a good friend of mine adrian wilkins who also talks about happiness and living with purpose and i said oh i look at my calendar i went home and i said oh i'm speaking tomorrow alison can you come and it turns out she had a cancellation of an appointment so she's coming to listen to the talk these things happen they happen my brother deepak says it's not synchronicity it's not den- destiny mm. he calls it synchronicity yeah it's yeah. meant to happen the way i look at it is you know when we're doing the things that we love you know we're naturally in a very high energetic vibrational state and it's almost like that is pushed out into the universe and it's a very attractive energy energy and so like you yeah. said people feel it certainly sure. in my experience you know we were talking about purpose i think important to remember that young people can find their purpose in life and inspire the world and i think the future leaders are the young people they're not jaded they have very clear intentions 
Look at Greta Thunberg, mm. who's barely 16. Swedish activist, you know, has autism, has convinced her family to become vegans. She has presented at the United Nations, all over the world, met many dignitaries, and creating awareness about climate change and global warming. March 15th, children from 100 countries did not mm. go to school and marched. These are the future leaders. She's been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Yet said she'll be the youngest ever. Malala was 17 when she got the Nobel Peace Prize. So I'm writing one of the books I'm planning to write now is with my older granddaughter, Anya, who's 14. And I said, Anya, you and I are going to write a book. We're going to call it Kid Leaders, K-I-D-L-E-A-D-E-R-S. With each alphabet, there'll be a word, and then we'll tell stories. So she came from New York a few months ago. She brings a notebook and a pen. I'm sitting outside on the deck. She says, Nana, which means maternal grandfather. Nana, let's get started. So I said, okay, what's uh-huh. K for? She goes, K is for kindness. I said, give me examples of kindness in your school. She rattled off a dozen things. I said, is it more important to be kind to people or animals? She goes, both. I said, is it more important to be kind to strangers or people you know? She said, Nana, strangers. I said, Anya, how come? She said, Nana, people you know, mm. you can always make up. Strangers, oh, you may meet only once. Yeah. These kids get it. You know, John Lennon, talking about happiness, is five years of age, goes Teacher gives the kids an assignment, write down what you want to be when you grow <laughs> up. He writes that, happy yeah. and hands it to the teacher. And the teacher says, John, no. yeah, you didn't understand the assignment. And he looks up <laughs> and he says, you don't understand life. Yeah, absolutely. Five years yeah, I remember age. reading that. In a, a lot of wisdom there. Absolutely. And look at what he went on to do. Too. My goodness. You know, he, he left his legacy on the world in a happy way. So beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So any last words of wisdom for our listeners? You know, I know you said there's a lot of things that they can do. Yeah, Kitty, I think a a lot of us, uh, I was in that frame of mind for many years as well, thought if I achieve the next level of success, Mm -hmm. I'll be happy. If I go from assistant professor to associate, then from associate to full professor, I write a book, first book, I move into a better house with a tennis court, I'll be happy. In reality, that doesn't happen. You're happy maybe for a short period of time, Mm. and then you get used to it. If you move into a huge mansion in Beverly Hills or buy a luxury car, And after two or three months, it's a house, it's a car. This phenomenon is Mm. called hedonic adaptation. We get used to it, hedonism. In fact, Albert Schweitzer once said, success is not the key to happiness. He said, happiness Mm. is the key to success. Thich Nhat Hanh, Vietnamese monk said, there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. The ancient Greeks did not use the word happiness. They used a term called eudaimonia, which literally translated means human flourishing. Mm. When we are happy, we flourish. Back to those 
support of nature, connections, creativity, better sleep, better immune system, and so on. So I would tell the listeners, you know, make your goals, write them down, let them be bold and audacious. Spend a lot of time with your friends, your friends or your chosen family. Choose your friends carefully. As a best-selling author, James Rohn, he once said, you are the average of the five mm -hmm. people you spend the most time with. What a simple and profound statement. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So celebrate with friends, learn to forgive, do things for others, express gratitude, mm. and you'll be happy. Mm. And you'll radiate happiness. Mm. You'll touch everyone you come across. Mm. Find your purpose in life, live it. If your, your work is a job, not that great. If it's a career, you're on the right mm. track. Beautiful. But if it's a calling, oh. then you've really found happiness. Miserable in a job, get rid mm. of it. Move on. You, you know, human beings are amazingly resilient. Capacity is a state of mind. We put our mind to it, we can achieve anything. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for delivering wonderful words of wisdom to our listeners. And I know that they will have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. So for anyone watching, I can thoroughly recommend Sanjeev's book. I'll put the details in the show notes so you can find it. But Sanjeev, how can our audience connect with you? Oh, they can e email me. I, I also have a website, Sanjeev Chopra, one word, sanjeevchopra.com. And if they connect with me that way, I'm, I'm happy. I travel a lot, but I always connect with people. And I'll, I may say, I'll, I'll get back to you in a week or, or let's find a time to talk, etc. Happy to do it. I learned so much from people that... Um, Fantastic. Well, I, I want to thank it. you once again for serving our audience for for writing your books for making a difference on the planet for empowering your granddaughter she sounds incredible and i look forward to reading the future books thank you so much kitty and we will see you next week with another incredible guest on kitty talks bye-bye what a great man doing great things thoroughly enjoyed talking to him like you could feel his energy he's like really expanded and gentle and you know just lovely to be around actually and as you can tell he's committed to making a difference through his books so I really recommend that you guys check out the book I really enjoyed it um and I really f was interested and fascinated in this interview how he talks about how when we do our dharma, we're also supported, you know, we're in alignment, we're doing something positive and good for the universe. So of course, we are being rewarded for that. So if you're on the fence, don't forget my dharma course is running in September. The price is 295 at the moment, it's going to go up to 395 in September. So make sure you purchase before August. And I would love to support you. So I'm also taking on private one-to-one -one clients. So if you're interested in working with me, you can book a free call on my website, 30-minute call with me, and we can talk about, well, we can connect together and see how I can help you create the life of your dreams. Thank you so much for listening to the Kitty Talks podcast. I do hope you enjoyed this episode and I too hope you were inspired to take action towards your dream life. 
You know, all it takes is aligned daily action towards your dreams and they will come to fruition. They will be created. You are an energetic being and you're more powerful than you've ever been taught. If you want some help and support, come and join us. Doyourdharma.co.uk. Apply now. We're taking applications and we're going to help you, support you creating the dream life. This is why you came.